Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man. He's still safe, self-isolating. He's still in his pajamas. It's Richard Herring. Hello, my fan friends. Welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's Lobbing Serbian Tennis Players podcast. That's right. That was topical at the time of recording. Uh, Djokovic has gone back to Serbia. It, it fits. It almost fits. And also lobbing is a tennis term. It's very clever what I've done there. Though I was talking to Ian Wordle the other day. And that, the bloke is, that is practically his name. The, the man who invented Wordle, the hit word game on the internet uh, i know usually for this bit i choose things that are very out of date but the 10 in the 10 days between me saying this and this actually being broadcast as a podcast i think wordle will have become a thing of the past that is my guess i'm enjoying it at the moment anyway uh, ian wordle calls it rahalastapa and he gets it first time every time it's very clever anyway yes i'm um, i'm still in my pajamas i've still got uh, the coronavirus COVID-19 still my one that anyone else has had that um uh, I've not yet tested negative but I'm allowed to leave the house on Wednesday regardless because that's the new rules isn't it that's the all the new rules because of Boris Johnson we're allowed to do anything we want um 
it's very exciting to be doing these remotely. This one was this these I'm, I'm, foolishly. I've, I've decided to try doing two podcasts in an, a night for the first time ever when I'm very ill. I don't know why I would do that. I haven't been too bad. Uh, we were meant to be doing these at the Phoenix, but uh, we are doing them remotely, and it will be a pleasure to do so. Uh, we are doing some gigs at the Phoenix uh, on the uh, 24th, which might be too late for people. Uh, listening to this at home uh, of January and then we're I'm at the Bristol Slapstick Festival at the end of January uh, the Leicester Comedy Festival in uh, February I think it's the 19th with Jos Norris and Rebecca Wheatley and then back at the Leicester Square Theatre at the end of February God, if God be willing in his heaven above so please do listen in uh, it's been fun self-isolating my son's got uh, the Covid uh, my wife and daughter have not got Covid it's in- incredible um uh, and we have been mixing a little bit because we live in the same house. Um, but um, my daughter, uh, d- the other day, had drawn a picture of a face uh, and stuck it up on the wall. And she insisted that the name of the face was Jeff, right? It's that, that Jeff was the name she chose. I don't know where she got Jeff from. We don't know anyone called Jeff. Uh, to begin with, she stuck Jeff on the wall and played a sort of slightly ineffectual game of catch with him where you throw the ball towards Jeff. Uh, or, or the wall, depending on how you look on it. And Jeff, or the wall, would knock it back to it. Couldn't catch it. We then had a family disco where everyone got to choose a song. Jeff chose uh, a Katy Perry one, like Phoebe did. They got very similar taste, taste. Phoebe then took Jeff off the wall and started dancing with him and then announced that Jeff was her husband. It was all happening so fast. Uh, I wasn't sure I approved of my daughter. I'll, try, I'll put a picture of him up for you people at home. Show. There he is. That's Jeff. If you're watching this live, you'll be able to see him. Uh, I wasn't sure I approved of my daughter marrying Jeff. I knew so little about him, to be honest. He's got a bit of a smirk on his face that I don't like. Uh, But you can't stand in the way of love. And I guess I just have to accept that my daughter is married to a piece of paper and hope that works out for these two kids. I'm presuming Jeff is a kid. If I find out he's 25, then I don't care about what happens to me. I don't care about prison. I will rip that pervert to shreds. As long as Jeff is six or seven, then I suppose it's all right for them to get married. But I mean, what six or seven year old is called Jeff? I'm very worried about it. Uh, we've been in COVID lockdown for, for all this week and already Phoebe's gone a bit Tom Hanks in Castaway. But who can I blame for that? Or uh, uh, Probably myself. All my friends are made out of papier-mâché. Uh, yeah, it's your thought, Richard. Uh, it's Ali Sloper from Twitch of Fun. He's just turned up. It's cross-promotion. Yes, it's your thought, Richard. All your friends are made out of paper, aren't they? Papier-mâché or out of... Out to the resin. Look, I've got a guest waiting. I don't want you coming in here and making her uh, think I'm mental. I think she knows you're mental. I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> they thought you got your nun and dad, and then she look who's done this. It might be my fault, Ali. Thank you very much that she's, that she's in love with a piece of paper. Um, I'm being old-fashioned, I suppose. In my day, you didn't just marry a piece of paper with a drawing on it, but all that matters is my daughter is happy, and Jeff makes her happy. I wish I could trust him. You sometimes have to go with your gut. I just don't know if someone should marry the first face they draw on a piece of paper. There are so many other pictures out there. Don't tie yourself down, darling. Anyway, look, we're going to crack on because uh, we've got lots to get in tonight. Uh, my guest tonight is probably best known uh, for playing a Jewel Thistleton in resting. That's why we're all here tonight watching this. It's Laura Jean Marsh, ladies and gentlemen. There she is. Hello, Laura. Hello, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> Do you remember being in resting? There was a lot to choose from, Laura. What were the others? Quite, the problem that X-Men First Class is too good, but you're in an uncredited role in X-Men First Class. (laughs) I was lobbed in a cupboard in in X-Men 
um, me and some other ladies all got put right. in a cupboard. Yeah. But um, wrestling was a, a thick sitcom that never happened. I, I saw there was one ep- one episode of it on. Uh, <laughs> that was the pilot with, that never happened. With Robert Robert Lindsay. Yes, Lindsay was in it. Yeah. Uh, somebody else funny was in it. Who was it? Somebody played like a chimney sweep. Can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> Did it get? Was it broad? Was it non-broadcast or was it broadcast? It, it was pitched and never happened. <laughs> okay. I thought I thought you were going to. I, I, what I would you have you chosen? Well, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I thought you were going to bring up because uh, I just thought the obvious one would be the if you were choosing things from my Wikipedia that I don't know who put up. Yeah. Uh, was MTV walking around naked? MTV. Well, I was, I'm going to talk to you about that. Obviously, <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's definitely going to bring that up. But, well, yeah. I'll bring no. that up. Let's bring it up now. What was what you were in empty because you're you're well. Look, people may not know who you are, Laura Jean Marsh. But you're a, a, you're an actor, you're a model, um, you're a musician. Uh, so one of your modelling jobs was walking naked through Brixton, according to Wikipedia. Is that for MTV? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, I, I that's basically what happened. I just walked through Brixton, and the whole crew were hiding. So I basically just walked through Brixton naked. But I mean, I wasn't wasn't completely naked. I had like patches over my bit. Okay. But um, yeah, it was pretty. It was actually quite fun, weirdly. It felt like, you know, like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely had one of those moments before I walked out where I was just like, I don't have to do this. <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> I'm here now. Yeah. And lots of people in shops and like out on the street selling stuff, whatever, didn't know what the fuck was going on. And <laughs> I just had to walk around. I imagine like- you got some comments from the... The the men, it was it near the tube. There's a lot of men in Brixton hanging around by the tube. That's my main memory of Brixton, having got off there quite a lot of times when I lived in that area. Well, it was weird because the other people, because it wasn't just me. There was a few other people um, okay. cast in that cast in that less clothes, less clothes, more music. It was was what it was called, and um, we all chatted after afterwards about the sort of reactions we got, and everyone was just terrified of us. <laughs> no one was. No one was sexualizing us or, or going anywhere near us. Like, what the fuck is going on? What, what just, was what was MTV's thinking behind this? That less clothing, more music. What, I, the, can't I don't you have? Know. You can have you can have more music, and people can still wear clothes. They don't have to. I be... don't know. They were doing some sort of like sexy summer nonsense, okay. and uh, yeah. But actually, it was quite fun. I don't mind. Don't mind the nudity. Yeah, well, that's all. That's all part of the job. Look, are you? Grew up in, or you were born in Somerset? Did you grow up in Somerset? I was born in Trowbridge, sunny Trowbridge. Right. Uh, I haven't managed capital. to find that. Tro- uh, is Trowbridge in Somerset, or is it in? Is it in? Is it in? It's the West uh, Wiltshire. Country. It's Wiltshire, yeah. yeah. So it's just outside Swindon, Chippenham, yeah. proper sort of farmer country, in a little suburban sort of village just outside Trowbridge. I grew up, which is. I lived in my grand's house and I had my mum and my dad and my two brothers there. Uh, and then I moved to Bath when I was three, when my parents split up. Okay. And that's where I went to school. And I, I lasted there until I was 16 and then I buggered off. <laughs> <laughs> Bath's very nice, though. Yeah, I went to um, a all-girls state school, uh, okay. which was not dissimilar to a mental asylum. Um, it was a bit like sort of British version of Girl Interrupted. I don't know if you've seen that film, I haven't. but I lots of lots of girls um, 
trying to survive being bullied and and lots of it, I had a great art teacher but it was it wasn't the best school in the world sorry Hayesfield <laughs> uh <laughs> terrible music department and music was sort of everything to me at that point so I didn't last long I suspect in, uh, knowing a little bit about you that you're quite a rebellious student <laughs> in any case I was quite oh yeah I guess so on paper maybe I was yeah. I was I wasn't um I wasn't self-destructive uh, at that age. I was very creative. I was writing lots of music. Um, my family were all musicians, so I just wanted to start a band. Right. So, and there wasn't a great music department in Hayesfield. It was kind of covered in cobwebs, and you know, wasn't wasn't great. And uh, at that point, my my oldest brother lived in London, and he, we're really close. Played by Nick Helm in my film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we, I just did a runner and started a band in London when I was about sort of late late teens. Um, so was because... that Screaming Ballerinas? Was that the, the band yeah. you started? Yes. Yeah, so that stra- was you're... my band. Yeah, so straight in. Pretty uh... much, yeah. A little bit of finding my feet and meeting people, meeting musicians and creative sort of kids. And yeah, and I, then I started a band. So was, that, of... so was that around because we uh, you you've uh, I was in a film that you wrote and directed called Giddy Stratospheres, which is about the sort of noughties and the music scene in the noughties. So was this was this when you got there? We did you arrive in the middle of that sort of era, or were you there a bit earlier? And then this film sort of set a bit later. Than that? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of fell in love with um, a, a bunch of bands that were really inspiring me, uh, and I went to a couple of music festivals when I was sort of fifteen and. Uh, for the day I went to Glastonbury for the day and I went to Reading Festival for the day and at that point I was feeling quite bored with my life as a teenager in this <laughs> school so I, I, I sort of remember feeling just like oh this is what I need to be doing I need to be around music and people making lots of noise um, so I convinced my mum and my dad that I'd be all right if I moved to London <laughs> um, and bless my brother was here uh and he was he's 11 years older than me so he was sort of there was a lot of responsibility I think put on him just to check in with me but um yeah I think I was I was persuasive <laughs> and I was all right you know I, I did start the band and we didn't do very well here but we we had a bit of a following in Italy so we went and did lots of tours over in Italy and you know I was rebellious but I also think I, I achieved quite a lot even within that small sort of that small time I was in the band, but I think we did all right. It yeah. was fun. Mm. Well, I think you, you're someone who gets things done. That's, that's certainly what, <laughs> what I know about you. And, I, and I, I'm not surprised that you'd be the kind of person who, at 16, would be would be that sort of sure of themselves and 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 want to go out into the world and do stuff. I mean, you 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 were kind of on the scene a lot by the looks of things. There's a few bit the few bits I've found about from that time is uh, you kind of. I think this is on your website, but you time out called you everyone's favourite poser and you were sort of a sort of party at all the parties. Yeah, well, we, right? so I had a I had a club night um, called Dolly Rockers, which we, we used to have uh, five bands. At that time, there was sort of, there was so many amazing sort of unsigned and unknown bands. Uh, so we'd have five bands on and I'd DJ with my friend Eloise and it was it was a really exciting time for music um but it was also super messy and uh you know incestuous and a little bit dangerous for a lot of us because we were all you know kind of on our own a lot of us were on our own with our families in other towns so yeah uh all hell broke broke loose often um 
but yeah, I, I sort of, I, I put on these club nights and I DJ at other people's club nights and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But that was the same, at the same time I was, I was doing my own music as well. Sure. Um, and so you, you started doing acting as well. Was that sort of simultaneous or was that a bit after, after the, uh, yeah, I think, um, I, I was sort of banging my head against the wall trying to get a record deal. And although we did have this sort of minimal success in, uh, in Europe, um, people didn't really want to sign female fronted indie bands in London and in the UK. It was very cock heavy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, you know, I was only 19 and I was kind of in charge of this band and I wrote all the songs and it's quite young to be in charge of something like that. And yeah. we, we kept getting turned down and it, it wasn't an easy time to be a chick in a band. So I just sort of gave up really, I think, if I'm honest. And at that right. point I started getting cast and stuff. Um, I did a few sort of sketch shows. Like I had tiny roles in Peep Show and Uncle, where I met our Nick. Um, yeah, so you're a pregnant crack addict in Uncle. <laughs> I was. I was a pregnant crack <laughs> addict in Uncle. Uh, yeah, and that was, you know, I, I just sort of, just from uh, being cast and stuff and loving being on set and enjoying comedy and doing bits and pieces like that, I just found myself getting cast and stuff more often. Got myself an agent and I fell in love with being on set and started writing my own stuff and that kind of leads us <laughs> yeah well I mean, the... now, so i've skipped quite a lot <laughs> but, <laughs> but, well the film's yeah. very interesting because one of the films is we well, should talk about it because it's sort of based you know because it is based i don't know how autobiographical there's obviously quite a lot of autobiography in there but it's sort of it's interesting to me we'll talk about the film as well but the but sort of what was the 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 sort of the fact that you got this off the ground and it sort of happened very quickly didn't it and sort yeah. of for almost from nowhere you was it during the lockdown that you sort of had the idea is that right well it's funny I think the last time you and I chatted on Zoom we were discussing which gla- <laughs> which glasses we should get you and my yeah. my wonderful cost my wonderful costume designer Aaron who who I, I don't know if you remember Aaron I do I can't, yeah. unforgettable unforgettable he's he was <laughs> so he was my friend. And he's, you know, my best mate. And I've known right. him since I was like 18. So he was he was actually one of the guys, one of those poses. Right. <laughs> you know? So we've known each other forever. So he was a, he was kind of one of the first people that I, when I wrote the script, um, I had on board. And luckily, he's an amazing costume designer and an artist and stuff. So, But yeah, I wrote the script. And when we first went into lockdown, um, I had a bit of a kind of smack in the face uh, not a, nobody actually smacked me in the face but I was, I was running through a park and listening to old sort of bangers music stuff that I like that really inspired me and one song in particular came on that sort of triggered lots of memories from the time which was Giddy Stratospheres by the Long Blondes um, <clears throat> and they were an amazing band at the time and lots of memories came back to me and we lost lots of friends back then um, through sort of various different horrendous circumstances um, and I also kind of you know, there was just stuff that I hadn't really dealt with and it all came back to me. And I just started writing this script and I was, I'd, I'd made a few short films and I'd written a few other ideas. We, was, we were going to, me and a couple of mates were going to make a, a different film during that time, which I now have kind of shelved. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I wrote Giddy Stratospheres and it was, yeah, pretty autobiographical, I'd say. I mean, I changed a few names and, and changed myself and from a musician to an artist, uh, yeah. like a painter, and like bits and pieces were different, but it was it's pretty. Obviously, there's c- comedy in there, which is why we got you know you in. <laughs> um, but it was 
the original script was a little bit darker and then I tweaked it and yeah I mean before I knew it I had sort of just I'd managed to get a few people to invest in the film that were really into the, the period of time and really loved the script and then you know before I know it I was chat- chatting to you chatting to Nick casting roles yeah Aaron to sort out the wardrobe finding locations and it, it, I, I thought originally it would just be this little thing I'd put on YouTube and now it's going to be you know it's been released in the UK and America uh, and it's going to be going all around the world by the yeah. end of the year. I mean, it's sort of an incredible, you know, story of what can be achieved if you put your mind to it. And if you, you know, and it's not, I mean, it's, in film terms, it was, it's not a big budget film. It's a very small budget film. If you can, if you can get together, a, you know, a few thousand pounds uh, mm. and, and find, you know, and you, you obviously work with a lot of your friends yeah. within it as well, but, but that's a nice thing to do. But was it, you, did you ever directed anything you're not you do you were you directing music videos at that point or was this the first yeah thing you directed? so I, I directed a couple of shorts that I'd written as well yeah. uh and I know you know being musical directing music videos was I was absolutely loving doing that and uh I still love doing that um but no I definitely hadn't directed a feature film and I definitely hadn't directed <laughs> one that I had written and I was going to star in yeah so originally I was going to cast someone as me and then I just thought fuck it this has happened this is happening now I might as well fucking do it and obviously the ages of us all was just made no sense which I know that you've you've pointed out before (laughs) well I was playing yours and which I don't mind playing your father but I was playing Nick Helm's father and and he's 13 years younger than me and you know I think looks worse than I do as well so I'm you know I was at the time I was a I was a little unfit and uh, we we aged me up a bit to play Oh, so yeah. I was playing your I was playing your dad, which I didn't research in a, a great detail, but I don't know how how close these characters in the in the film were to the real the real people, but uh, there was definitely some strong influence in that, I would say. Well, I mean, there's quite a few characters in the film uh, that are pretty close to the bone. I mean, yeah. there was one there was one moment where I was in the church filming that day with you and. I mean, that was a really stressful day for us just as a crew and also just me in general, because after you guys left, I had to do that. Uh, I, God, I keep giving, I have to be careful with spoilers for anyone that yeah. hasn't seen it. But, that you know, I had a quite an emotional moment in the film and I we'd already had such a fucking massive day. And it was just so and we'd lost. We didn't have Beth there that day, who was the producer, because she had to deal with something. And Aaron, the costume designer, Aaron just came up to me and he went, you're, you're burning some bridges here, mate. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just looked at him and was like, it's too late now. <laughs> uh, everyone's seen the film. <laughs> uh, we're all still talking. Okay, um, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, my family are really proud of me. You know, I've, I've made this thing that is very much from my heart. Um, I, I actually watched it this morning for the first time since the premiere, which because uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't watch it for ages because it's so close. Uh, and it, I was exhausted by the end of watching it because I felt <laughs> like I'd just gone through it all again. But I yeah. am really proud of everybody, you know. Like you said, like, you know, Josh, who plays Jasper, Beth, who, who plays Bella, they were the producer and the first AD on the film. Uh, everyone, you know, the crew, everyone, the cast, it, it was such a great, a great group. So, and and it, I mean, it was all being filmed, not, I mean, it wasn't during a lockdown, was it? It was between, did you manage to film the whole thing between the lockdowns, basically? Was that how, it, how you managed to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, we did. We Sorry, my cat's attacking. Come and say That's hello okay. to your granddad. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, we filmed during lockdowns and then we filmed a little bit after Christmas as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was tough because we had to, to make sure everyone was safe. But not one person tested positive, if you can imagine that, with all that massive crew. <laughs> well, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fair size crew, but also you were doing these scenes, uh, obviously, that I wasn't, I was, I was not involved in the the bacchanalia and the drugs and the dancing but you're doing all this these scenes within a club where everyone's off their faces and and it, you you had a very small amount of people for that really but it it did it did, does look like a yeah. it's very hard i think in 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 films to make anything like any kind of disco or, or dance place or anything look real they always look yeah not, they always look fake yeah with a very small number of people you do sort of get this real feel I think of oh thanks yeah I mean that was the one thing that I was you know looking back on it that there are a few gaps in the crowds that I definitely yeah. would have liked to have filled in <laughs> but actually weirdly you know uh those club nights that we used to put on they weren't like you know they, they were more niche you know it was like a niche little culty kind of kind of we, you were they weren't massive successful bands so it wasn't always full so I do think it's just we just about got away with it for those scenes but for my next projects, I'm I'm sort of gunning for huge Glastonbury crowds, <laughs> and I'm gonna get them. So you know, I, I'm I, I I would I'm really excited at the prospect of being able to pull off like a massive crowd watching you know some epic bands and some of my other things. So sure, well that's what's kind of exciting about it. Um, I suppose that by you know it's it's a calling card as well. I mean it's a, it's a great thing in itself, but to mm. to be able to put together a, a film on your own that mm. kind of quickly and that and that well and and then you know that's a calling card to get other work and to get more finance and, and be able to do bigger things and it, it's sort of I find that fascinating that that's now uh more possible I guess because costs costs have come down I suppose in terms of making film because equipment is available and if mm. you're it, uh, you know I suppose something like the Blair Witch Project sort of did a very low Mm. what looked like a low budget film it probably wasn't that low budget once they I, don't know, the I, I, I think the Blair Witch Project actually I think it was about a million right and actually <laughs> technically I mean we went to Bifa recently um because we were long listed at Bifa for Giddy and and there was you know the the, the other films we were up against were all like millions <laughs> but they yeah. were supposed to be indie films and it's like we don't stand a fucking chance <laughs> <laughs> um but I think I think Blair Witch Project was um was a million Right. Yeah, which is still low, you know. It's still but... loads, but it's sort of possible. And I've been working with Jamie Adams, and we're doing another. We're doing something else mm. together, and you know, the, the budgets for that are sort of. It's still a you know a significant mm. amount of money, but it's within the reach of uh, of someone with a little bit of investment or a little, or some you know funding coming from somewhere. And you know, I think that's it. If you could, if you just get off your ass and do it. Mm. there's then it can lead and it doesn't have to be a, a movie even you know it can be just a short film or just a sketch or something but it's sort of interesting that it leads on to these other things and that you're yeah. then you know you're talking about doing higher budget films and, and yeah <laughs> and big yeah. scenes um so it's very exciting the way that goes and so were you were you anticipating that it would you you didn't did you just do it and thought what let's see what happens with it or did you know it was going to have a limited release or did you what, what, um, when you were filming it did you know what was going to happen with it? Well, I think um, part of me 
I don't know, it just all, it all spiraled out of control very quickly. <laughs> um, you know, just from contacting the bands from our soundtrack. So we've got a really great soundtrack from that time. And yeah. just people saying yes and people reading the script and really liking it. I mean, Bulldog, our UK distribution company, were on board just from my script. You know, they hadn't seen the film. So, you know, I, I realized quite soon after I, you know, started sending it out that it was something that people were interested in. Um, and I think that kind of side of me from being a kid in a band that never really succeeded as a musician just kept thinking, well, I guess I'm going to have to really go for this. <laughs> um, and no, I, di I didn't, I didn't think that. I, I think I felt I, I really enjoyed writing it and I wanted to make, make it. Um, but I don't, I don't think I thought it would get this far. I certainly didn't think it would be released everywhere <laughs> all over the world and it would get good reviews and people would, you know, it's had a nice resurgence since, um, it's gone to Amazon Prime here and I've had yeah. so much love from people about it and it's it's really it's really really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's really well, nice. You know, that's it's it you know, it's I just think it's for people who are creative out there or in any field, I mean you know, you've obviously done this in music, you've just said I'm gonna do it and see what happens and you've done it in yeah. film, I'm gonna do it and see what happens. And you know, you can you know, it's not, you haven't got, I mean, if I'm almost the most famous person in it, you haven't got very good, you haven't got very big star names in it. So you haven't even, you know, you don't need to, you know, to, to create something. A, you can, you can get in contact with people and you'd be surprised mm -hmm. at who does things, I think. But also you can, you can do something like this with, with a group of people, you know, are good and who'll do a good job. And, and I think that for a first thing, it's almost... It's almost yeah. better that there's there's not recognisable people in it, I suppose. I think I think that um, I'm not really because I'm a bit of an indie kid. It wasn't like for me. I I wrote the script and the first person that I thought of to play Murray was you, <laughs> and the first person I thought of to play Nick, um, uh, Nick to play yeah. Tom or Tim as we call him in the film was was Nick. And so it wasn't like oh who can I get? It's like it was like I've got to get Richard. <laughs> so you know, and you absolutely smashed it. You were so brilliant and, and he's charismatic and funny. So oh, you know, nice. well it's true. But you know, it's um, sort of fun. I mean, I don't get. I hardly ever get asked to do. Nearly all the acting I've done is stuff I've written myself. So I hardly ever get asked to do anything. So. And you know, mm. like it was, it was like whatever November <laughs> in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, yeah, yeah. And so it was, you know, there wasn't a lot going on in any case. So you know, oh, I think, fine. But yeah. I think, but I think people <laughs> will, you know. But, but I would have done it. I would have done it. What, what, yeah, whatever yeah. I was doing, to be honest, is you know, as long as I wasn't out of the country or something. But it's, but it's, um, which doesn't seem likely. Uh, but you know, I think, but I think by asking people, and you got, I think you contacted me by via Instagram, and I don't need really slid into your DMs like yeah, a snake. I but both. <laughs> Both both the films I got offered in lockdown. I got more active work in lockdown than I've ever had in my life. Both of the film, you know, two films, and both were offered to me via Instagram, which I think I'd only yeah. just set it's up amazing. as well. It's amazing. Yeah. It's such a bloody good tip for anybody trying to do stuff because, I, I mean, I'm writing a, an article on Shane Meadows at the moment for a magazine because okay. he's one of my biggest influences and I just thought it would be fun to interview people about him. And sorry about my cat. Can you hear that? <laughs> um so I and I've just been messaging people on Instagram going like you know these actors and people that work with them and people that I, I really respect just going do you want to talk about Shane Meadows and I'm like yeah sure when you're free <laughs> but if you go through agents and stuff you just don't get you know it's better to be I think I'm a one-on-one -on -one kind of person so yeah yeah 
be so it's be a bit cheeky just fight you know fight i mean that's what i do with this this podcast as well is that it's easier to get guests via twitter or or wherever than yeah. it is to go through agents so i very rarely go through agents i mean some of them i don't know some people i know for but a lot of people have i've gotten this guesting with who wouldn't know and you know people are amenable to do stuff so that's interesting uh yeah and it's you know to put the, if you put something together and give it a go the worst thing that can happen is yeah, yeah it's, it's no good and no one wants to yeah. see it and it, it, it what was because when you it, when you're acting in something as well I, I, I don't I, you show me some of the script but I hadn't seen the whole script or at least I hadn't written the whole script read, mm. read the whole script um you don't know as an actor whether that something's going to be good or not I've done you know I've been for I've been for auditions with I did there was a film called uh, Manila Envelopes that actually got to the point where it was made. I don't think it was ever released. And oh, it, had okay. quite, it had quite a good cast in it, and I got mm. I got this audition, and it was a very weird audition in this in someone's house. And then there was this whole weird experience of playing an interview. It was before I done was doing interviews, but I was playing. I was basically playing Tony Wilson, but oh. the the cameraman thought I was. He was from Spain, and he thought I was Tony Wilson. <laughs> And he was saying what a big fan of mine he was. And I was a bit confused. Why would had... you be auditioning to play yourself? <laughs> when we were filming it. But then it, I don't know what, I don't know what that was, right? And I didn't, I don't know whether it would have been any good when it came, when, mm. if it was put together, I never saw it. But it was, it was probably a bigger, like bigger crew and, and, and more money spent on it than uh, Giddy mm. Stratospheres. And so you never know when you, when you get a script, when you've seen it, how it's going to turn out. So mm. I think both, Nick sort of saw it before I did, and he said, it's "Yeah, really, it's really good." <laughs> it's really... I love that you keep so... sneaking around messing <laughs> each other because you've got to think. You know, it could be this could be yeah, it could be shit. This could be terrible. Uh, edit, this could we don't know. We don't, yeah, we don't yeah. know what the rest of it's going to be. No, I know. So... Well, actually, Nick told me that he was he was sneaking. <laughs> like he was he came to the rap party which you couldn't make, and um, and he was yeah he's yeah, he told me that he messaged you to say yeah. it's not shit. <laughs> It's not shit. Don't worry. It's not shit. I totally get that. Yeah. But you know, it's but it's really it's really nice for me to to, to have the chance to. And it, I don't think it would. I wouldn't have put myself in that part necessarily as the yeah. first choice. But it was nice to have a go at something like that, and it was really good fun to do it. So yeah, okay. people in the UK can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's available yeah. to but rent as elsewhere if you. If you haven't, yeah, Amazon it's Prime. on Sky Cinema and it's got on iTunes and it's on stuff that I didn't know existed, like Microsoft TV and, okay. <laughs> and Google Play and things <laughs> like that. But yeah, it's now free on Amazon Prime if you've got that membership thing. Yeah, um, yeah so you can see see our movie, and see and you in action, see me acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my next so the series I'm pitching at the moment, which yeah. people seem to be interested in, is called Stutter. And it's yeah. set in the 90s in a sort of alternate Britpop universe. Uh, and there are elements of the occult and there are okay. um, kind of pagan dinner ladies in Camden. Sounds bizarre. But uh, I want, if you're interested, I'll send you the script because I want you to play a coked up band manager. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the kind of part I use. That sounds more like carrying <laughs> parts. He's very fun, <laughs> and he's he's managed the band Stutter, who are all found dead in a circle in a strange ritual. And oh, yeah, so no, I heard, I heard a little bit about this. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, it's sort of interesting. It's not not so bad. The nineteen nineties being a sort of nostalgia thing. Is did you find did you find it weird that that two thousand and seven is like considered? It feels like well, a slightly nostalgic yeah, look back. That's definitely. slightly terrifying, isn't it? 
Well, people, because I, I, I get approached a lot by music podcasts that want to talk to me about why I wanted to make a film about this era. And I didn't, you know, I wrote a film about a couple of incidents in my life that happened, to ha <laughs> you know, it happened then. Um, but I seem to have become this person that's made the first film from that scene, <laughs> which is cool, you know, but yeah. that wasn't, you know, the plan. But yeah, definitely weird when people are like, you know, it's already become like this. Britpop thing, you know, but it doesn't seem like that long ago to me. But I guess I'm I'm getting older now. Well, it's go. It starts to go very fast, Doris. I mean, it's, well, it's, uh, it's well, we were talking about pissing earlier, weren't we? Yeah, we were talking about piss. How much you need to piss tonight? And you already need to piss more than night than I do, and that's saying something. Um, so yeah, did you hear me piss earlier when I didn't turn my mic? Didn't hear you piss. We this was before broadcast. That. We had I advised okay, the I advised the guest to have a wee, and I I had one too. Um, and uh, but she still, Laura still had her headphones in. So I did. Could, she could hear us, but we could. I tried to piss really quietly. <laughs> it's a bit. It's an important skill for a director. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you think you're going to be more of a... Are you going to carry on acting or are you going to move more into the directing role, do you think, now? Or is it, or is it, or is it um, hand in hand always? Well, I, I mean, I'm still acting. You know, I still yeah. go to auditions and get parts. When, you know, I, I've got a film that I'm in uh, called uh, He Takes the Lead, which is premiering at Manchester Film Festival in March. It's, direct, it's actually premiering in Manchester and it's directed by a guy called Thomas Manchester. <laughs> uh, sounds like I'm making it up, but it's true, uh, which is really brilliant. And I'm really proud of that. Uh, and I'm in that acting. Um, so I still really love acting. It's just the best, you know, that I've, I fell in love with it you know straight away and it's something I love doing but uh no I like making stuff I like coming up with stuff and making stuff and I, I really like love I love directing so I'm going to try and do everything as per usual yeah. are you get, are you going to be in stutter have you got a part for yourself in stutter no I haven't but right. I think I think that it would be fun to I don't know pop up as like a cab office woman or something or like a, a dinner lady or something I don't know I might pop myself in there somewhere but it's very much like I, I've got ideas for pretty much everyone so I, I, I'm quite looking forward to just being behind camera for that one I'm really excited yeah. about it 
No, it's French. So that's a se- is that a TV series or a sort of TV series? Yeah. I've already written the whole thing. I'm sure it will get twisted and turned in different ways, but people yeah. seem to be really into it. It's absolutely bananas. <laughs> but there's going to be a great soundtrack, and you know, it's 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 definitely. I'm hoping it's it's sort of showing that era and that kind of amazing music and you know in the best light possible and it's going to be really fun but i just wanted to kind of kind of bring in these elements of the occult for some reason yeah well, why not i think that sounds good and the, yeah. the, the soundtrack of giddy stratospheres is is you know is one of the the big part things in it as well you must yeah, have spent a lot of time cool. putting that together well actually because because i was in a band during that time i knew most of the band um mm. So I met, similar to sliding into your DMs like a snake, <laughs> I, I slid into uh, lots of bands DMs like a snake and said, I want your song. Can I have your song? And they were like, well, yeah. you actually, you kind of have to talk to record, record and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. But they, you know, they gave me the blessing. And then I had an uh, awesome guy at Universal Music called Phil Canning, who's become a good mate, who did all the sort of business side of stuff. So I got the kind of okay and then we got them to let us have their songs for way less than, you know, they deserve the massive tunes. But similar to yourself, um, you like the script and like the project. And, yeah. and I'm forever grateful to all of you for coming on board for, for our little budget. With our Do little you make, budget. Can you make a film, a soundtrack album anymore? There's no point, is there, I guess? We were talking about people, it, yeah. I think... Said- I'm still talking about it, but it's kind of, I feel like we've kind of missed the boat. I've got, I, in the end, I just thought in my true indie girl fashion, I just made a Spotify playlist and it's yeah. had like, it's had, <laughs> I've made a Giddy Stratospheres film playlist that you can listen to and uh, it's already had fucking loads of listens and I kind of, that's enough for me. I just, I haven't got enough time to work out how to release a bloody record. If anyone's interested, then get in touch, but yeah. Yes, well, that's definitely true. But I, but I don't, do people... I mean, they do make records now, don't they? But it's, it seems to they be do, all, yeah. all music's just there now, isn't it? So It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the music I listen to is uh, children's stuff that my kids like. And Katy, I listen to a lot of Katy Perry now. Yeah, so, cool. You know, if, you ever, if you're ever doing a film about Katy Perry, I know a lot about Katy Perry. It's all filth, all of Katy Perry's. I don't really like my six-year-old daughter listening to Katy Perry. Well, all, all her of, lyrics are filth. They're all about spunking, being spunked on. Like, yeah, I thought they were all like her roaring and like acting yeah, like a sort they're of roaring wild and then being spunked, then being spunked on. <laughs> roaring and spunking. <laughs> it's not, there, there's know. so many illusions. The fire, the fireworks, all about just show me oh, your colours like first. I don't know. I think ah. it is. I might. I had to listen to it with my in-laws in the back of the car, and I felt very embarrassed. Oh dear! My six-year-old daughter, she was five then. She was listening to a story about someone's cock being like a firework making people go oh 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 which isn't Pure what a firework does wasn't what a firework does i think i've done this as material on the podcast before oh anyway i'll stop now uh, and jizz, i listen to i listen to what have i been i've been listening been watching scooby-doo she should do a Sco- the scooby-doo i was watching scooby-doo with my son because he he's he bought he had a he had a <laughs> i'll just talk about myself for a bit laura on. Uh, he, he, one of his presents for christmas was a scooby-doo haunted mansion he's never seen scooby-doo but he really wanted the scooby-doo haunted mansion so i thought he should watch scooby-doo but i tried to buy it i tried to stream it and it was like 42 quid a series for scooby-doo but what? i managed to find i managed to find a dvd for five quid but like i can't it was like you had to buy every episode every episode of scooby-doo is the same you're gonna have to pay one pound 79 every single episode anyway so we're that's watching a lot Scoob- of money mate yeah we're watching scooby-doo today and my it has blown my son's mind. 
Yeah. He loves yeah, he couldn't believe it, it when couldn't believe it when at the end of the first episode Scooby was inside the night's it was there it looked like the ghost had come back but it was Scooby at the end. It's the same <laughs> it's the same episode every time. He loved it. He loved it. Oh, so, bless uh, him. So yeah, so I but I'm not really I don't you know the I, I was never massively into music but certainly the music of the noughties has, has passed me by as a, as a yeah. middle-aged man. So, <laughs> did you, but, did but you enjoy I, any of the tunes? I did enjoy it. I like, you know, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm forced to listen to stuff, I do enjoy it. I don't know why I don't listen to more stuff. But uh, yeah, so it didn't have a, it didn't resonate with me in the same way a 90s thing would because, mm. um, you know, I, I, that was... That we was were, your, I was a radio. One, I was a radio one DJ in the 1990s. Yeah, of course so, you were. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, know, I know all the music. Yeah, well, you'll you'll love what we've got in store for this. So, well, no, yeah. it sounds very, it sounds very, very exciting. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't know who Baby Soul is. Who you've won awards for directing Baby Soul's Miss video. Baby Soul. Yeah, she's yeah. an amazing soul singer. Um, yeah, we we made that. Uh, gosh, it's like this one year just seems like it didn't exist last year at some point. Um, yeah shot it in a day and and i yeah won a bunch of awards i've got one there so that's cool best director um for that's that pretty good yeah so yeah right and uh another amazing band called industry standards i directed a video recently called abstract doom which is quite lynchian and weird but i love doing music videos it's it's really 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 fun <laughs> for me <laughs> and so. do you think it's is it still I mean, you know, this sort of historically female directors have sort of been overlooked. It's been very difficult for female directors to get work. Is that changing? Is this, are you at the sort of vanguard of changing that or is it still difficult for you to? I don't know. I mean, I wonder, I I have noticed and I I only noticed this recently that the only artists that have approached me to direct their videos have been women. Right. Um, And I don't want to... I, I don't know. It's quite uncomfortable to think why that might be. Um, maybe I'm scary. I don't know. <laughs> You're scary. Um, You're definitely scary. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I haven't. I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of new, aren't I? I don't want to pass too yeah. much judgment. I, I do think that we're always struggling a little bit. But I guess we've just got to prove I mean, ourselves. It- you know, you're making. You know, it's it's getting out of the making your own stuff. It feels a little bit to me like within comedy that there's there's been a sea change, and like within maybe the comedy shows that are getting on, there's there seem to be more shows mm. that uh, that are fronted by women or that are directed by women. I think well, maybe not directed though, but certainly you know the, mm. it, the, there's an effort has been made. Whether it's whether if you evened it all out and looked at it whether it would be anywhere near 50 50 i would doubt but it does seem like a lot of the a lot yeah. of the bigger comedy shows more recently have been i mean fleabag yeah. being the obvious one but but yeah. there have been plenty of other uh sort of female lead led things we were watching um this the T- tina fey produces it it's called girls five ever have you have you seen this i haven't but somebody actually mentioned that to me this morning is it yeah. good I mean, we're enjoying it. Yeah, I think it is good. I thought it was actually a Tina Fey thing that she'd written, but it isn't. She's the executive producer, and she's she turns up in it as well. We've only we've only watched about three or four episodes, but it's it, you know it, from a female point of view, a it sort of points out <laughs> how sexist all those all the music yeah. of the nineties and the noughties sort of yeah. was in terms of mm. you know being schoolgirls and you know they, it's very funny in terms of the way they they. Uh, 
they sort of pastiche the the lyrics of of how women were treated in songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, but it's it does true. seem. But it, you know, it is it is a it's a sitcom revolving around some middle-aged women if, if being 40 is middle-aged which i suppose it is so it's you know again it feels like a step in the right direction but it, it feels like america's a bit ahead of us yeah i think with, so with that anyway i mean i do have a lot of mates that are female that are directors and creators so you know i'm i think i think that hopefully we won't be far behind and and things will even out because there's enough room for everyone yeah so, yeah well it's just hearing you know but it's also the importance of hearing a variety of voices as well and it that's i think that really sort of struck struck strikes me you know from, i was lucky in that i got because i'm a, a white a white man that uh that wasn't such an issue when i was starting out like, no. so, I managed, so i managed to get work but it was you know it was the same voices all the time in films mm. and in t and in tv it was this a, a mm. very sort of similar demographic of people talking mm. about very similar things and so yeah. just to get that variety of uh, you know, of, of gender and class and yeah. ethnicity and everything. Just it, 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 it it's interesting. It's more interesting to watch. Uh, so yeah. I hope I hope that will keep keep on. Well, uh, what, what's really good is that the kind of film festivals. I'll use uh, BIFA as an example. The British Independent Film Awards. In order to put your film in for an award, you have to tick loads of boxes to include lots of different groups. So, you know, I yeah. think it's now, you you know, I think it can't be ignored now, people that have been left behind. So I think things are changing. Terrific. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. I'll ask you a couple of emergency questions and then we'll uh, we'll let you get on with your day. But uh, do check out Giddy Strats. It's short. That's the wonderful thing as well. As a, as a parent, I have to tell you, when I'm yeah. sitting down to watch a film and it's three hours long, I go, I'm not going to, I'm never going to get through this. But this is what is it? How long is Giddy Strats? An hour and ten minutes. Yeah, seventy minutes. That's perfect. That's what everyone said. I was worried people would diss us for it, but people are really into this. I just think there's no need for most films. Don't need to be more than ninety minutes. Yeah, Uh, and loads of films are just way too long. And I'm not even going to start to watch the. I'm not very interested in James Bond. I was quite interested in this one just because of it might be a bit different. But I'm not going to watch that. I haven't got that time. It's like three hours long or something. I'm not going to watch oh, that. Jesus. I, can't, I won't be able to stay awake. I won't be able to stay awake. <laughs> right, let's find out about a bit you from the emergency questions. Have you ever seen a ghost, Laura Jean Marsh? Uh, I tried to convince my mum that I saw a ghost cat once, but <laughs> but I didn't actually see one. <laughs> I just really wanted something interesting to say. So and you I remember... prete- you've pretended to see a ghost and it was a I ghost of a cat. I pretended to see a ghost of a cat in the garden and I remember her saying, you're full of rot. Um, How would you know it was a, cat, a ghost? Was it dressed in old-fashioned <laughs> cat clothes or was it? could you see through it? I mean, I know you couldn't see it. I know you're making I think it up. I came up with this ridiculous, this ridiculous story that it like, did some weird, like, backwards dance. <laughs> <laughs> and did like weird stuff and tried to convince my mum that I was more interesting than I was when I was as a five-year-old or six-year-old or something no. but you know I haven't I don't think I've actually seen seen an, a, a ghost except for the ghost cat that didn't exist okay see I thought you would have I thought you would have seen a ghost <laughs> really because you know you're, you're, you've really... taken you've taken some drugs in your time I'm, guess, I'm guessing <laughs> who made you do that I've just watched your film oh right you were... <laughs> uh no I haven't seen a ghost no okay uh, um, 
Okay, I don't think I've ever asked anyone this question before. What musical instrument that you don't know how to play do you think you could pick up right now and have a pretty good crack at? See, you're musical anyway, you probably could. I I, rec I reckon I could do the trombone. It's one of the hardest brass instruments there is, but it looks easy, doesn't it? What's the one that's been a did, uh, didgeridoo? Didgeridoo. That, yeah, because you could basically just fart into it, couldn't you? <laughs> you could do some, you could make all sorts of noises. And I think it's quite easy. I don't think I've ever had a go on one, but okay. I think I could I could do that for sure. I think you could. I think you could. I think that should be your next film. You saying, <laughs> arrogantly saying, I reckon I could play a didgeridoo and then failing just... to do so. Um, who is your favourite Steve? Steve. Probably Coogan, right? Steve Coogan? He's all right. You in, you invented Alan Partridge, my boyfriend. I did invent Alan earlier. Partridge. Thank you for, thank you for <laughs> clarifying that. Yeah. Um, he's good. Yeah, he's good. That's a good choice. Okay, I'll, yeah. ask, you, I'll ask you a would you rather question. Go on. Um, would you rather die on your feet, live on your knees, or slide down a bank of snow on your bottom? Definitely slide down. Yeah, it's an obvious one. My... It's too easy. Yeah, too easy. Definitely. That sounds fun right now. Could All right. Snow. Okay. <laughs> Here's a question that I've, again, not asked anyone. Would you rather have Angelina Jolie's lips or Jennifer Aniston's hair? Uh, but the lips would not replace your lips, but be put in the middle of your back. The lips <laughs> would be autonomous and be able to talk and need feeding and would be furious about being transplanted in your back. The hair would be all the hair that has ever grown out of Jennifer Aniston's head and body, and you wouldn't be able to trim or shave it off. You'd have a lifetime's worth of admittedly celebrity hair growing on whatever part of the body it initially grew on or nearest equivalent. So what I'm asking is, would you rather have Angelina Jolie's lips on your back, is it? The middle of your back. Yeah, but they're, it needs they're alive and, it, and it's angry about being there. <laughs> or all of Jennifer Aniston's hair that she's ever had in her life. But like, what, with, with Aniston's hair, what, what do you mean? With like multiple haircuts on my hair? No, just all the hair that's ever grown out of her head just and body where? would be just wherever it was on your head and body. Like Cousin It kind of thing? Yeah, well, it would be a lot of hair. You'd be very hairy. Oh, I, mean, I, I think, I don't really like the idea of angry lip back. <laughs> no? <laughs> I think angry lip back would be a pain in the ass because you just yeah. be, You'd have to get some sort of... You'd have to put things in it, in it to shut it up when you're doing podcast interviews and whatever. It would be I Angelina think... Jolie, though. So, you know, that would be something. You'd have her forever being angry with you if she's furious with you. I don't I think she'd be quite scary if she's angry. I don't, I don't want Angelina... She's in the back, mate. What's she got, she's going to do gonna... some lips in your back. I was going to say bum lips. I don't know why. I was going to say Angelina... <laughs> not bum lips. <laughs> going to say Angelina's no I don't want Angelina's lips on my back okay. it would be a pain in the bum I think I'd definitely have Aniston's hair all over my body and okay. I'd do and I'd kind of my little pony it up and and, and you know plait them and, and do all sorts of stuff with them you've yeah. made your choice that no yeah. one put that asunder um very good look uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can beat that I don't think I can beat that so we've got Giddy Stratospheres, look out for that. The musical videos, Stutter coming up, Venom Falls as well. You haven't mentioned Venom that. Venom Falls, you're going to be. Am I? My goodness. Yeah, definitely. And you're feeding cats. No, feeding um your fish with ground up cats. 
I definitely, if I can grind up my own cats to do that, if I can bring in my own ground up cats, I would do that. That's for sure. Well, it's lovely that you would want to offer me parts in your uh, projects. Thank you very oh, much for that. You're very, you're a star, wouldn't you? Oh, thank sure. you. That's very nice. Thank you. Um, and it's lovely to talk to you and everyone should watch the film and everyone should go out and make your own films. Yeah, do it. About your own experiences. It's absolutely fantastic. Please give a massive round of applause to the amazing Laura Jean Marsh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back Thank soon you. with some more. Goodbye. Thanks, Laura. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Rich Terring, and my guest, Laura Jean Marsh. Thank you to Scant Regard, who play the music in this particular podcast. I would also like to thank Chris Evans, not that one, for all his hard work in setting up these remote records and much much more besides that that you don't need you couldn't even dream about what he's doing he's an incredible man i'd like to thank ben walker who i'm in debt to as always um and i would also like to thank you the listeners for listening please recommend this podcast to your friends just by listening to it you're helping us to make more podcasts and more content um it's a sky potato fuzz and go faster stripe.com production i don't know if you need, I need to tell you that Go to gofasterstripe.com where you can buy my books, my downloaded shows, DVDs, if that's your bag, uh, and also become a monthly badger and help us make even more stuff. What's not to like? Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words and um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.